everyone and welcome to another episode of blade of apples a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every other week we're on yeah, schedule we're, we're doing okay <laughs> we're doing okay <laughs> not doing too bad um and this is our 2023 wrap-up episode Hooray! extravaganza yeah you're gonna hear some opinions that aren't great <laughs> <laughs> that's every one of our opinions <laughs> As, as most viewers know. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about our favorite horror movies of 2023, uh, what clothing brand we like the best, shows, books, video games, all horror related. But we'll also be talking about our favorite regular movies as well a little bit too, just for people that are like, what if you sucker me into listening to one episode and I hate horror, but I just want to show you my support, but maybe I'll go and watch the Barbie movie. There you go. Go watch the Barbie movie. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So what's been going on with you? Oh, also, I'm Rocky. <laughs> I'm Bl- uh, uh, Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> so what's um, been going on? <laughs> well, uh, not much. We we all did our gift exchange the other day. Yeah, we finally did our Christmas because, as we talked about previous episode that we brought it up, you were sick during the holidays. Yep. Uh, you and Paige had the flu. Mm-hmm. It sucked. And so we weren't able to get together for Christmas. And then you're busy with New Year's visiting your family, kind yep. of making up for the Christmas lost time. Yep, yep. And then we finally got to a place where we could get together. And Paige finished your inventory. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a blast. We went to the new Dave and Buster's that opened around here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as tradition, me and Paige go in there and drop like $200 <laughs> for a $3 toy. <laughs> You got it's got a few things this time. Oh yeah, I mean we usually do. We're great. <laughs> We're really talented at games. <laughs> Dave and Buster's loves us. We give them all our money, <laughs> and we're great at games. So we're like the poster children. <laughs> I will say though, for it being like a brand spanking new uh, Dave and Buster's, it already got pretty dirty. <laughs> dirty kind of smells like feet. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the that's new how carpet an arcade smells. Or whatever. Yeah, um, don't you miss like Aladdin's castle every day of my life or. Uh, was that one that used to be in the Oaks Mall? Tilt? Yeah, yeah Tilt. Tilt. That was the name of it. Um, our kids like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. the nice part about here is that at least our mall does have an arcade. It's not like the biggest and best, but it's a good arcade. The little arcade that's in Grayface? Yeah. 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 There's, that's one thing I'll say about Savannah. Like There's the arcades mall, fucking everywhere. <laughs> the, well, that and Oglethorpe Mall is not like... It feels it kind of has that old mall vibe, in a way. A little bit. Like it still has some local places in there. It does. And you know, it's still a lot of people go there on the weekend. So if you miss if you miss the malls of the nineties, come on down or up or whichever it's, way you're it's just coming. missing a movie theater randomly attached to it or inside of it. <laughs> yeah, that is the sad part. But I still, man, I haven't gone to the movie theater since I lived here. Really? Yeah, it's driving me nuts. Not even NCG? No, that, none. No, no movie theaters huh. I've been to since I've been here. Interesting. 
And I don't, I, dude, on Tuesdays, they have $6 movies. Yeah. And I'm off Tuesdays. Like, yeah. I'm an idiot. You are. I'm a fucking moron. Yes. You're like, you, you're not supposed to agree with me. I'm like, Oh, hold on. Late. Spam's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Answered on the air. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's like, this isn't spam. This is your credit card collector. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hang up quick. But yeah, we had a gift we're, exchange. We're repossessing your podcast. <laughs> we had a gift exchange. Um, I think we may have talked about last episode. We talked about what the episode after this one is going to be. Oh, yeah. But I kind of ruined one of my Christmas gifts from Blaze. And then one from Lauren. <laughs> and then we have some one from my partner, Lauren, um, because I'm great at this. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at it. That's why he's a better <laughs> gift giver, because it's like, what would be the perfect gift for me? And it's like, oh, I know it. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> but um, yeah, you got me a, uh, finally a Blu-ray of uh, of uh, Danzig's new film, Death Ride in the House of Vampires, that finally got released. Hell yeah. So that's what we'll be doing next episode. We'll- Rest in pieces, Julian Sands. <laughs> Your legacy is now tarnished. <laughs> Just sands in the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you got me some other cool little things and a great hat. <laughs> we, we actually go, got we each both, other hats. We both got hats. I, I got, got you, a sick Danzig hat. Got you Speaking a Danzig hat. Yeah. And you got me a hat that says, Bigfoot is real and you're trying to eat my ass. <laughs> I did. I thought that was a great hat. It is a great hat. You laughed harder that one than the Mothman tried to suck my dick. (laughs) So I got that one. Both are pretty great. (laughs) And Uh, then the other thing was supposed to be here today for your birthday, the Bubba Hotep shirt, but now it's saying tomorrow. Nah. Annoying shit. Fucking cavity colors, you're in Atlanta. <laughs> I know. That's what, what you, I was saying. What are you doing? It was like, it'll be here tomorrow. And then it's like, no, it won't. <laughs> we're, we're docking you points for best for best clothing, horror clothing brand of 2023, just for that. <laughs> Even though I planned on it still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a good time. And it was good to finally be able to go do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. That's about all that. All exciting that happened my week. What about you? Uh, you saw the Coffin Cats last night. I did go see the Coffin Cats last night. I played here at El Rocco Lounge. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen them live, so it was great. Um, When's the last time you saw them? Whenever there? we saw them live. In Tampa? Oh, yeah. That was like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, it's longer than that. Is it longer than that? Yeah. Damn. You don't even want me to tell you how long it was this. Tell me. I have to know now. Ten? No shit. <laughs> 10 years? I think it was like 2015 when we went to that show. It was either 2015 or 2016. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, no, they were they were good. A uh, couple local bands opened. Um, one of which was good. The other one, not so good. I'm not going to say the names. Um, but uh, You'll have to guess. One was solid. Local bands. <laughs> the other one. Uh, but Comic Cats are great. They played a pretty, pretty long set, um, and uh, it, it just didn't get booted off like Weed Eater. <laughs> no, I'm just not a huge fan of that venue at all. I, I like hate how that set up. I don't like how it's just there's two random cylinders in the middle of the floor and makes no columns. sense. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna have a DJ set at 3 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna let all the kids in for free. 
Or no, they don't. They they charge them to come in, which is smart. But they come in to just always fuck up the show, which is good that this show was on a Wednesday instead of a weekend because the club crowd wasn't out. I mean, the only benefit to that I can see is that one of those kids comes in. They're like, actually, I really like this music. Yeah. This is much better than this shitty DJ I came here for. Yeah. I'm throwing away all my Drake albums. Yeah. You should have done that already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it was a good show. Uh, Other than that, since our last episode, not too much has been going on. Just work. I got to go down to Florida tomorrow for a wedding. Oh, that's tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Did you tell the audience who's officiating? Uh, I'm going to uh, uh, friends of mine that I I met at the Jamboree. um, And uh, they were kind enough to invite Lauren and I to a wedding. Joe and Kelly. And uh, Jelly. Yeah. We're going down to uh, Lake Wells, which is part of the greater Orlando area, basically. Um, And uh, they're having a like 1930, like premiere Dracula themed kind of wedding thing. Um, But the band that's going to be playing at the reception would be uh, John Brennan, the Big Feet. And also who's going to be hosting would be Joe Bob and Darcy will be there. That's pretty amazing. Wedding. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty awesome. And See, you didn't have you didn't have to bid on it on Christmas. You no. could just do it anytime. <laughs> and you know, one you know, thank Joe and Kelly for for inviting us, and they're uh, you know that was very nice of them. And I'll go with you. Yeah, they, they were great, <laughs> and they were uh, like, "Who's this?" <laughs> and uh, we're gonna have a good time. So we're excited to go and do that tomorrow. And yay, driving! <laughs> uh, yeah, what is that drive to Orlando? Like four or five hours? Four. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, awful. Yeah. About an hour and a half more than usual from yeah. when we lived in Gainesville. Yeah. So not too shabby. Yeah. Um, what else? I do miss Universal. I'm not going to lie. I do too. <laughs> I, miss, I miss theme parks in general. What do you mean? But we have wild adventures five hours that way. <laughs> <laughs> we have six flags four hours that way. <laughs> I've never been to a Six Flags. In my I've life. never been to a Six Flags either. In no. fact, Paige was talking about wanting to go to a Six Flags. Maybe we should Flags. do an Atlanta one sometime. But, maybe uh, maybe we should all do a Six Flags. But let's. we got some news, though. Oh, yeah. We better get started. Where should we? We're blabbing for a bit. Where should we start? Let's see. Because a couple of these connect into each other, actually. Okay. So we'll start with... Uh, the newest news, which is that Until Dawn is going to be a motion picture. Yep. Yep. That's the one I'm kind of excited for. Yeah. I feel like... But does it, it, does it need a movie? Like those games? No, the game so is cinematic. like a movie. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. Is the real answer because what they could do is just take the exact same cast that they pasted in the 3D... And then not put it in 3D, and you have the Until Dawn movie. Yeah. I'm only vaguely excited about it. I am vaguely excited about it just because I really love the Until Dawn story. Sure. And anything about Wendigos, I'll throw my money down. I wonder if they're just going to, I wonder if it's just going to be a direct adaptation of the first game or if it's going to be kind of a mixture of the different stories. I would, I would prefer if it was a mixture of some of the different stories. Or what if they make it a wacky comedy starring Jack Black where they mix all the stories? I would like that the best. I would like that the best. Okay, good. Um, I think everybody would. Yeah, because everyone knows how great those Goosebumps movies are. (laughs) 
What the first one not being terrible? I didn't watch either. <laughs> first one's fun. I mean, it's the series Goosebumps was good. Yeah, the first one is is exactly what you think it is. But like I've talked about on the show before, I'm completely fine with Jack Black if he w- was going to continue on uh, between Goosebumps and the house with the clock on its walls. If you just want to be this like Vincent Price type. <laughs> actor for kids which is like i'm in all the kid-friendly like transitional horror movies jupanji yeah <laughs> jupanji that's super scary <laughs> then why not but uh he hasn't really done that he's gonna be in eli roth's new movie he's gonna be in uh borderlands he's claptrap oh no yeah <laughs> i don't want to see a borderlands movie i'm not gonna it's lie. already done hmm? it's already done i don't yeah i don't want to see it then. <laughs> He stopped shooting it so he could go and... Or he didn't do, like, the reshoot so he could go and do Thanksgiving. Wait, so, you said Jack Black's Claptrap? Yeah. <laughs> Jack Black Claptrap. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it is. I forgot. It's a director that's known who finished up the movie, who did, like, the second like unit, like, reshoots and everything. But, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Claptrap. <He> <laughs> But uh, no, we'll see what comes up and when news comes out about uh, Until Dawn, we'll we'll keep everybody updated. Three weeks after it already broke. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you updated. <laughs> Next episode, it's out. <laughs> but also video game news, uh, Dead by Daylight's getting a new character. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen Wake is joining. Yeah. Dead by Daylight. <laughs> yeah. So... I, Herald of the light. I assume he's going to be a hero character. Yeah, he's or survivor. survivor. Yeah, but he can actually fight off against people. Okay, they they announced that. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's going to get the. Is he the first one that's been able to do that? Yeah, really. Well, I a- think Ash, Ash can. Ash can't. What? Okay, maybe he can't. Then I just assumed because it showed him a picture like doing his move on an enemy. So. At least whenever I played, I mean, Evil Dead game, you can. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but anytime I play as a what a letdown that by was. daylight, you can't unless I just don't know how to play that game, which is probably very likely. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. It's like dead by daylight just started this trend that won't die. Yeah, well, I mean, people still like it, and it's the one that does the formula the best. Yeah, they're the best at it. Um, is Texas Chainsaw doing well? Yeah, it's like still got yourself? a pretty decent community. Because that's the... And now you don't have to play as Leatherface. Yeah, that's the same developer that did Friday the 13th, right? No. No? I thought it was I, the same it, crew that did. I don't think so. No? I don't believe so. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I don't give a shit. But okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't fucking play it. I don't care, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I liked when we played. It was fun. And I, I like the Friday the 13th game. You don't, but I liked it. No, I don't like the Friday the 13th game. Um, what other news we got? Uh, how about David Gordon Green? <laughs> David Gordon Green has bowed out of The Exorcist. Should have done that before he started. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you watch Exorcist Believer yet? I don't have the heart. Oh, boy. You should just so you can talk shit about it. Um, it's pretty fucking bad. It looks terrible. One review that I love is like, uh, uh, what, what's that one super uh, political right wing movie that came out? Oh, uh, uh, fuck. last year with um, Jim Caviezel. 
I don't remember the name. Uh, God bless America. No. <laughs> God bless America. No, that's the one where that guy <laughs> and a girl go shoot everyone. Is it an actual movie? Yeah. Oh, is it a Christian movie? No, no. Oh. God bless America is kind of like falling down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is the name of that movie? I don't remember if it's good or not. Sound so. of Freedom. <laughs> That's worse. Sound of Freedom. It is somehow worse. That is worse. <laughs> uh, Sound of Freedom. But this one guy, like, um, he's on. He guests on a bunch of podcasts. His Brad Brad Hansen, and uh, his review said of Exorcist Believer somehow more religiously pious than Sound of Freedom. <laughs> It's completely true. It's like, this is like super yay Christianity. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole idea of the movie, which could have been an interesting concept, is that, well, first of all, it's not one exorcism. It's two exorcisms because it's two girls. But the demon's just too strong because it's two girls. Too much for one priest. What do we do? But we got to get a team of religious a crack team of priests so you think like okay well they're gonna pull from like different religions like you're gonna get you know the catholic priest maybe no. a baptist minister no nope. but then you'll get like a buddhist and maybe a krishna like other denominations of religion no they're all different things of christianity like even the one that's like oh i come from the heartland and some mysticism that comes from that, but it's all still for Jesus. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the movie's bad. But anyways, David Gordon Green is uh, stepping. I don't know if he stepped down or got fired. It uh, says he stepped down. He got fired. He got fired. He got fired like Benioff and Wyatt got fired from that Star Wars movie. <laughs> After Disney saw the last season of Game of Thrones, we're like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you are out of your fucking mind. But yeah, uh, probably for the best. But they're saying that it's still in development. They're still supposed to come out in 2025. Mm-hmm. No, let's just not. I get it. Blumhouse is trying to recoup the $400 million they spent on that license. And probably the pay that they gave Alan Burstyn to show up in that movie for 10 minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Has she acted very frequently since? Since be, before that movie, yeah, um, not not as much as she used to. She's in her eighties, and she didn't want to do it. The only reason was is she's like, okay, I want this pay. It was way higher than they wanted to give her originally, and she's like, and that pay, I don't want you to give it to me. I want you to give it to, I think some art college or something like that. She she donated all the money, so I thought that was very nice of her. That is very nice. Yeah, um, she's like, I don't give a shit. I just want you to pay more, but it's actually not paying me. You're just gonna donate it. So, That's great. Um, but what yeah, David cool Green is not doing it. He's like, don't worry. I'll fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, then there was some fake news they took over Scream. Yeah. Well, here's the... I, 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 they apparently they have been talking about it. But do we want to see that? Oh, fuck no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's going to be a giant pile of dog shit. And it, it would just be really funny, though. It would be. It's like... The guy who gets kicked off ruining one of the the greatest horror franchises ever goes into another great horror franchise fresh off ruining one. Yep. That would be fucking hilarious. Yes. And uh, which is fine because Christopher Landon announced his new project. We talked last episode that Christopher Landon left Scream 7. And be doing Big Bad. He's doing a movie, a werewolf movie called Big Bad. I will admit, like, did you look at the poster for that? No. 
Dude, that wolf looks exactly like American Werewolf in London. Oh, really? I saw a little like clip, a little image of it, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't click it though, so I didn't see like the whole thing. Oh, gotcha. Did you read anything about like the synopsis or anything? No. Does it have a synopsis or is it kind of? I, 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 it briefly talked about like being a new kind of werewolf movie, but not explaining how. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, and also, this as well connects to another piece of news that we have. I'm also excited about that. We're also getting another. We're getting a werewolf movie. I don't think Big Bad's coming out this year, but we're getting a werewolf movie this year from Larry Fessenden mm-hmm. called Blackout. Yep. And yep. we're also getting The Wolfman later on this year from Leigh Whannell. Uh, is that going to be Blumhouse? Uh, yeah. That's part of the deal they did with Universal to yeah. use the monsters and everything. So Leigh Whannell did the Invisible Man film from 2000. And- for 2020, it was the one with Johnny Depp. It was Depp. right before the pandemic. Yes, the one with Johnny Depp. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does with this one. Uh, sad the baby goose isn't anymore, but whatever. But uh, Radio Silence, who he's going to be producing it though, right? Johnny um, Depp, Ryan Gosling. Oh yes, Ryan Gosling is a producer on it. Um, yes, Johnny Depp. Not Johnny Depp. <laughs> Hopefully no, not. I don't think him or Amber are going to be getting work anytime soon. Oh, no. It just came out today from uh, Variety or one of them. That he, he's directing a movie right now. They just released photos from it. Oh, really? Said, yeah. What's it about? I don't fucking know. Okay. <laughs> you look terrible, though. I'm like, man, he looks even worse. <laughs> like, this is crazy. It's all those mega pints. Uh, yeah, those mega pints. <laughs> so good. Um, but uh, uh, Radio Silence, who directed the last two Scream movies, and said so they didn't want to come and do seven before and that's why christopher landon was hired uh they have a new movie coming out and we got a trailer for it abigail abigail and melissa barrera is uh yeah in it her and uh dan stevens yeah i will say and, the trailer uh, looks promising yeah it looks like a looks like a fun movie it's uh i don't think there's any way you could keep it a secret like if you try to show that as a not what it's actually about, but I think what it is about is what sells it. But people go to this house, uh, a, a man, a, a rich man, uh, says, Hey, I'll pay you 50 million or whatever the fuck it is to watch my daughter, uh, whoever is here in the morning, uh, gets the money. Turns out it's the daughter of Dracula. <laughs> Her name is Abigail. <laughs> and the trailer looks really fun, and I love the use of Swan Lake mm-hmm. in it. Um, Radio Silence, I, I mean, I love Ready or Not. And I yeah, Ready or Not was great. And I love, I, I really like their first Scream movie. Yeah. Scream 5 was Scream good. Scream 5 was very good. Yeah. Um, Scream 6, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so hot on that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Abigail comes out in a couple months. It comes out in April. Yeah. So we'll talk about that whenever it comes out. Is it going to streaming or is it going no, to be in theaters? theaters. Okay. Yeah, it's we should plan a day to go. Yeah, for sure. Just like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else we got? We got two more stories. Uh, Jacob Elordi is going to be our new Frankenstein monster. Who's he? <laughs> Jacob Elordi's been having a hell of a year. He's... In Saltburn, people won't shut the fuck up about that piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he also played Elvis and Priscilla this year, which I still haven't got a chance to watch. Um, I want to, the new uh, Sofia Coppola film that came out this year. Um, Did he sleep with Frankenstein's chick? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who you know Jacob Elordi from. Well, 
I guess it got super famous from being on Euphoria. I've never watched it. No, me neither. Uh, but you have watched something with him. Hmm. You watch Mortuary Collection. Oh, he's in. Which one is he? He's in my favorite segment of that movie. And I love Mortuary Collection. I think it's a great anthology. Yeah, that elevator one was rough. The elevator one is good. Uh, my favorite one, though. Oh, birthing through his penis. Yeah, that's that, him. That's him. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, he's the douchebag, uh, frat guy. So, uh, yeah, Jacob Lordy um, is taking the role over from Andrew Garfield, who had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Um, and Guillermo del Toro's new Frankenstein movie that he's making for Netflix. Andrew Garfield still works? Yeah. On what? Yeah, whatever the fuck he feels like. <laughs> a, t- a TV show? <laughs> An Outback Steakhouse? Like, I literally was like, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. I'm like, this career's going to take off. And then it's like, Spider-Man's over. It's like, no. <laughs> he does, like, weird art projects and shit like that now. I mean, he was just in The Eyes of Tammy Faye a couple years ago. Is he going to be in Garfield? <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully he is I was watching the Garfield trailer it came the out? Mm-hmm. the Chris Pratt one? yeah oh and? I mean, it's just Chris Pratt <laughs> <laughs> it's just Chris Pratt I love those memes with the <laughs> hey John I like lasagna <laughs> I love the memes from whatever Super Mario Brothers movie came out and was complaining and the one the one tweet this was just like He's just using regular Chris Pratt voice. <laughs> he what? He's just using regular Chris Pratt voice. <laughs> He's not even trying to sound Italian. I will say, though, Paige rewatched that movie when we were driving in the car to Jacksonville. She said she enjoyed it a lot more this really? time. Really? I said watch it. Yeah. She, she said uh, it was a lot better, and we probably shouldn't have gone after a night of partying. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <clears throat> Yeah, Guillermo del Toro's new. I don't know if we if we we may have talked about it, but he's doing a Frankenstein movie, um, that's going to have Oscar Isaac as um, I don't know, I don't know if he put who everybody is yet. Oscar Isaac I as <laughs> and and <laughs> and Andrew Garfield is supposed to be the monster, um, and I believe Anya Taylor Joy is in it. Let me double check. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, Guillermo del Toro is a big Frankenstein fan. And Anna Taylor Joy is, is the witch girl, right? Oh, it's Anna Taylor. Yes, it's Anna Taylor Joy. Mia Goth. So it's Mia Goth, Oscar Isaac, who's playing the scientist. So I guess he's going to be the Dr. Frankenstein. Jacob Bellordi and Christoph Waltz are on this movie. This Guillermo del Toro finally doing Frankenstein, which has been a long passion project of his. He collects all kinds of Frankenstein shit, um, including the Bernie Wrightson. Does he collect his chick? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Frankenstein's chick. No. Oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, he also buys the Bernie Wrightson original pieces of the art that Bernie Wrightson did for that Frankenstein adaptation. Comic. Oh yeah, um, some of the most amazing artwork ever. Which one of I, the best artists ever? Yes, absolutely. Which I feel is going to be highly influential on this movie especially with Jacob Elordi being cast as the monster. I imagine he's probably going to look more like those drawings or the original, how he's described in the original book where he's big and has like the long black hair. It looks more like a corpse yeah. over the, you know, Boris Karloff version or, he the, has a- or the Robert De Niro version. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so I'm excited. I mean, Scarborough del Toro, if he's doing a gothic fantasy, I'm in. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Pinocchio was great. I love Pinocchio. It was yeah. awesome. I love that. Not the Disney one. Not no. the Tom Hanks that one. That came out like the same, around the same time. Mm-hmm. And it bombed. Yeah. No, I loved, I loved his Pinocchio. And yeah, it won Best uh, animated, animated Film that year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, it sure did. Um, and the last piece of news we have is a sad piece of news. But um, David J. Skull passed. Um, did you read any of David J. Skull? No. Okay. <laughs> David J. Skull was, uh, he was the expert on universal monster films and then horror in general. But I mean, he did so many commentaries for like the Blu-ray and DVD releases of the different universal monster films. Um, do you think he's going to do one on Abigail? I don't think he's doing shit now because he's <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> but, um, he was, uh, uh, a journalist, film critic. Uh, he did a lot of intros for universal monster movies. Uh, his books, if you're a horror fan are essential reading. Um, his bibliography isn't massive as far as like full books that he wrote, but there's a good handful, um, all worth being in your collection, um, on your bookshelf. Or if you're like blaze, put in your bookshelf and just be like, all right, (laughs) there it is. Look at my bookshelf. Assume um, I'm intelligent. <laughs> yes. He died at the age of 70 um, in a car wreck. He died in a car wreck. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I thought in, it was like a disease. In LA. He died January 1st, but they didn't announce until this uh, last week. But I would recommend you pick up uh, Hollywood Gothic or The Monster Show. Hollywood Gothic. He was also like the Bela Lugosi. Like, he was the Dracula expert. Um but especially Bela Lugosi, Dracula. But Hollywood Gothic is a great book about um, Dracula going from book to stage to film um, and the history of the uh, of the book. And the other one is just like if you want more of a base monster book about the history of horror films and monster movies and how it starts like in the freak shows onto like, you know, modern yeah. horror and stuff. So. David J. Skull will be missed. Um, I also love when he would show up on things like Postmortem or Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing, Amazing Colossal, Colossal Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, because, of course, Gilbert Gottfried was a huge monster kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as well. And he, so, what a great podcast. I miss that podcast. Yeah, yeah me too. I miss Gilbert. <laughs> I miss Gilbert too. Uh, but David J. Skull was uh, a great historian and super intelligent. Seemed like an awesome guy. Um, so he'll be missed. Not a great driver. No, bad driver. <laughs> Piss poor driver. But great guy. <laughs> All right, so I guess that brings us to trailer time. <laughs> I mean, there is no trailer, really. Are we going to put an insert here? Uh, no, what we're going to do here, I'm going to scat into it. <laughs> so, a beep, ba, boo, da, da, la, ba. Okay, okay, okay. Top five. All right. All right. So I guess that with that, as you said, the top five, we'll start it this way. We're going to go through a few categories of our favorite things this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, all horror related. But I guess that's you said the top five. We'll start right at the top of our favorite horror films. We both chose our top five. Should we go five to one? We'll do five to one. I feel like there's going to be some overlap, though. So whenever... If you, we say we'll one just, of the other ones, we'll just yeah. talk about it then. Um, I know our number ones are different. So, yeah. 
because you didn't see my number one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I know for a fact it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know there's going to be some overlap. For sure. Uh, so do you want to start? Yeah. All right. So these are our top five favorite horror movies of 2023. Um, just our opinions. If you like something different, that's fine. If you don't like what we chose, that's not fine, but we'll accept it. <laughs> You'll have to uh, change your opinion. <laughs> yes. But okay, what's your uh, number five? Number five for me was VHS 85. That almost made my list. Yeah, uh, it made it barely. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, for me, it didn't, it wasn't as strong as a year as I hoped. For horror? Yeah. I thought it was pretty strong. I mean, I thought I, I thought it was strong for bigger releases, which I'll get into as we're going down this. Yeah, list. fair enough, fair enough. Um, but like, as far as like Shutter originals, yeah, and shit like that, I'm just like, eh, yeah. The yeah. streaming, the streaming ones were, you know, not not hot. No, but uh, VHS 85 was it had some really really good segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, Aztec one was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, I, I think those movies, it's, it's weird because I was going to say how well those movies have progressed, but it's like one, two, and then probably this one. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I liked um, the other one. Viral? No, fuck Viral. Yeah, Viral's awful. No, one, two, this one. And 99? Was 99 the one that came out? Oh wait, yeah, because one of them had the Rat King, and that one was really that's good. That's the one. Is that? I don't know. Is if that ninety four? Ninety four. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, the one with the Rat King and the um, coffin, the, the wake. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that one's great too. But this one is probably the the first one since the first couple that actually like the whole thing as a package works really well. Yeah, it, feels it really good. did. Yeah, I like the wraparound story. I like. I think I like all the stories in it and there's another kind of wraparound story there's almost two wraparound stories because there's the one main one right but then there's another story that comes back later on and i like how that story gets wrapped up oh yeah um that's really fun that's my favorite segment yeah which is it's it's funny to me that even almost made your list because i know how much you hate found footage movies yeah but i like the vhs ones and i think it's because they usually get directors that are interesting or voices that are up and coming and they're usually doing something more unique with the medium um the one segment that i just referenced the one where they're out on in the woods and the and on the boat and all that yeah practical effects they talked about a fangoria how they actually use a pull away jaw and you know, yeah it was really things. good it's not cg blood at all um so there's a, a level of craftsmanship that's going in this and these directors know how to shoot things yeah, They're scary instead of just like, oh, something scary is happening, but you're holding a camera, so I guess the guy's scared also, so you're not going to see what the fuck is going on. We're just going to like show you the ground, and the camera's going all around the room, and you're seeing the fucking roof and all that, and then you're going to see his face like, whoa, that was scary, and I'm just like, Don't what care. was I supposed to look at? <laughs> it's like, not it's everything feet. is Blair. It's feet. <laughs> yeah, not everything is Blair Witch, so uh, not everything can work in that medium. That's true. But yeah, 85, I, I really enjoyed as well. It almost made my top five. All right. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is, uh, I think my number five, let me double check. Yes. Uh, is Brooklyn 4-5. 
That was your number five. Okay. That's my number five. That's my number two. Okay. So Brooklyn four or five. Um, I really because between that, that or VHS eighty five because I really enjoyed both mm-hmm. um, and both of those were straight to streaming uh, Shutter originals yep. they're both really good, um, but Brooklyn four or five is the new movie from Ted Gihan or Gigahan. Um He also directed, excuse me, um, another movie called We Are Still Here, which is a pretty good. See, I love We Are Still Here. Oh, this is a great movie. And that movie, much like this movie, involves Larry Fezzenden doing a ritual of some sort that he completely gets fucked over in. <laughs> um, for some reason, Ted just does not want Larry Fezzenden to be playing with spirit boards or talking to demons at all because he gets fucked up in both films doing it. Right. Um, yeah, it's a great little pop boiler film. Um, it's about uh, veterans not too long after World War II. My only problem with it is that the cast a little too old? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I was confused at first how long after the war this was. I'm like, oh, this must be like the 20th anniversary. It's like, no, this is like two years. I'm like, what? <laughs> how old were you when you were fighting this yeah. war? But I think because it has more of a play or stage, it does. Production. It has a very like stage feel. Yeah, like you could pull. You could pull this off. Yeah, honestly. Oh, absolutely, because it's all just in one room, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it works. Because of that, because it feels like a local theater company, so it really doesn't matter. The age doesn't affect anything. Right. Except that they just look older. <laughs> um, so if you don't overthink it, it really isn't a big deal. But yeah, Larry Fesedin's character, he's a colonel or a general. Um, he invites all his military buddies over to his place. Um, his Prior wife died the, yeah. recently. Suicide. Uh, yeah, suicide. And he tells him, hey, I want you all to come here because I want to do a seance and talk to my wife. Yeah. Talk to her. And of course everything goes to hell. Fucking haywire. Um, but the movie isn't so much about like, Oh, here's all the jump scares and spooky things and all that. It's really just deals with the hordes that these people dealt with and did during the war Mm -hmm. and their own personal conflicts. Not only that they brought with them from overseas, but also amongst each other and how each of their beliefs and what they think should be uh, conflicts with each other. Uh, and, and, and them, you know, things that get unveiled. Um, there are certain things that happened during the war that weren't great that come up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. a problem and uh, everybody's laundry is kind of getting, you know, aired, aired out. Um it's great. Uh, it, it just takes place in one room, and yeah, some sc- scary, violent shit happens. But um, it really is just about these characters and it being pop boiler. Just like you can feel the tension just bubbling the whole yeah. movie. I it's really a fantastic that. movie. Yeah. That's and like it is definitely higher on my list than yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what else you got to say about it? No, I just thought it was fantastic. Okay, that you, nothing to add. No. Okay. I mean, you you summed it up really well. Okay. What's your uh, number four then? My number four, let me pull up. That would be Talk to Me. Okay, that's my number three. Okay. Yeah. And I thought Talk to Me was a very well put together movie. It kind of had a new angle on the whole possession thing. Um, Kind of. Kind of. It's a better version of Flatliners. Yeah, it's a better version (laughs) of Flatliners. I like Flatliners. But it's basically but a flat. Line. I guess in the way that it's like a drug. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. No, no, that, that's me. that's an interesting thing. Yeah, and um, 
I think the oh, excuse me. Um, I think the the end was a little too predictable for me. Uh, like I saw it coming like a mile away. I saw it coming, but I love the ending. <clears throat> okay, that's fair. I love how right. Actually, when the movie ended, I was surprised that like how tight the movie was like it does it doesn't overstate its welcome it's not overly long it has to just be like 90 minutes yeah it's because it wraps long. up it's just like oh it's done like that's all mm-hmm. like but it was, it not was a lot well of put together like no it's awesome it's directed by the Philippou brothers this is their directorial or feature film debut they they're youtube guys yeah they're brothers um uh, twins i think i think they're twins um but uh this is their feature film and Trust me, it's way better than Skinner Rink. Yeah, that, guess what's not on either of our top fives? Yeah, um, that. No, I like it. I mean, I, I do like the angle they took about it being a party drug and, you know, how that kind of affects everybody, but also tying into the, those themes of, like, loss. It has, like, a good human story to it as well with, yeah. with you know, our main character, who we think is the antagonist, or the protagonist, but do we see her turn into the antagonist and was she ever the good person or was she always kind of shitty <laughs> shitty or okay. was it just uh you know spirits i think she was always kind of shitty yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean where that movie ends up i mean is is completely like oh yeah i mean obviously where it ends her dad would agree with sense. me <laughs> yes but it's so good um of an ending in my opinion that that really works i like that punch that little punchline. I'm, and I'm excited that that they're doing, they already announced they're doing another movie. They're going to talk to me too. I kind of wish I could see them do something different for the yeah, second feature. Yeah, I was going to say. But you know, it's like talk to me too. That's fine. Um, talk to you. Yeah, talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all the ghosts daring each other to talk, talk to, to people who are living. What needs come, to be, on, come on, come <laughs> on. It needs to be called talk to me, comma, T-O-O. That's what it needs to be. They want to have uh, fun with it. Is yeah. it talk to me too? No, it can't be the number. <laughs> That's fair. It's like this is a dildo that lets you talk to demons. <laughs> <laughs> you see, um, so you go talk to me. Uh, I think I sent it to you a twenty four on their store. They sold out the first run, but they they made a second run of them. They have a, a collectors the the hand from Talk to Me. The, oh they yeah, use a hand. Um, and also, I like that for the movie that you don't quite know where it came from or what it is. They just give stories. you like three stories, yeah. Which is, I, th- I, you know, that's something I think people like don't do enough. Is that sometimes it's okay to not have an explanation for everything. You don't have to always hold the audience's hand. Yeah. Sometimes you can just present different ideas and just let them come up with their own. Yeah, exactly. You, like honestly, and it was like, oh, it's the hand of a witch or a medium. I'm like. That works for me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but they have the hand, and uh, it's an incense burner, or it's actual pipe. Oh, no shit. You can do drugs out of it. Uh, <laughs> or tobacco. That's cool. You can do drugs out of it. <laughs> I, I would do drugs out of it. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah, I, uh, well, I will say I will probably never buy anything off the A24 seconds. It's always so damn expensive. Yeah, but they have the best promotional team ever because they put so much awesome shit tying into they their They do. It's just like they made that Green Knight board game. Yeah. And yeah. it's pretty much d and I buy their uh, screenplay books. I like their screenplay books a lot. But, Man. yeah, it, uh, Talk to Me is on my list as well. I loved it. Um, 
we had a good time in theaters watching it. Um, and people were pretty respectful in, in our in our screening. So. Um, yeah, honestly, the only movie I think I ever like really got annoyed in was Hereditary. Like they would not shut the fuck up during Hereditary. What about Halloween? Well, no, you you fix that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you told um, them to shut the fuck up. Uh, all right, so is that my go then? Yep. I think I'm about to choose the movie. I know my number two, number one are not on your list. You said three was Talk to Me. Yeah, this is my number three. So my number five was Brooklyn Four Five. My number three was Talk to Me. My number four is Megan. Um, is that on your list? Megan is. It's, yeah. it's number uh, three. Three? Okay. Um, yeah, Megan is uh, um, a, a pleasant surprise. I didn't really have that high hopes I, I for had it. no hopes for it, and I went in like with dog shit expectations, and I left very happy because it's just fun. It's just a fun movie. Yes, uh, it is a very fun movie, and it's the beginning of what will probably be franchise-worthy. But yeah. also, if it just stays, you know, just the one as a one-off. <laughs> I mean, they're already fine. doing Megan too. But. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's directed by Gerard Johnstone. Uh, prior to this, he directed. He's an Australian director, but uh, or, sorry, he's not Australian. He's from New Zealand. There is a difference. Uh, but he did a New Zealand horror movie that you and I like quite a bit, Housebound. Oh yeah, Housebound's um, a great one. And so Megan is a great follow-up it's fun and it also shows you why i like it um a i like that how it uses its pg-13 rating that even though it's rated pg-13 i I think the older i get the more i think it's bullshit people get mad that there's no rated fucking r it all depends how you use your rating to your advantage now if it feels like you neutered your film because of the rating that that's a problem but megan gets away with a good amount yeah pg-13 um, and then they released the unrated cut afterwards, so they put all the violence back in and all that. But I like it, and I like the the ideas that the movie represents. Of you and know. I like how they did some homages to Child's Play because oh, no doubt, I think that's something I was like, I'm really like, are they just riding off the Chucky train? <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Are they just riding off the Chucky train? Are they going to even mention it? Or are they just going to be like, oh, no, it's totally different. And it's right. like they acknowledge the fact that they're like, no, it's pretty much Giles. Yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, it's a better version of that Chucky remake. <laughs> yeah. Um, not hard. <laughs> not hard. But like also the message. And I love that it's, you know, hey, you can't rely on technology for a human connection. Right. You can't rely on technology to raise a child to, you know, do your job for you as being a person in their life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And kind of how we rely on it more and more. Uh, As well as just being a fun, tight, like runtime is very tight, fun uh, horror movie. Yeah, I agree. It's It's a lot of fun. It's one of those roller coaster ride movies. And it's funny. Yeah, it's it, genu- is funny. it has some genuinely funny moments in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I we were both cracking up like during some parts, and we were both just really enjoying it. And that was something I did not expect from that movie. Yeah, so that's why I gave it kind of a higher rating. Nice, because it was something unexpected that I really enjoyed. Nice. Okay, so what's your next one? Well, uh, I'll let you go ahead to your number two because my number two was Brooklyn Four Five. Okay, do we talk about all your movie? You talk about. No, I have one left. Oh, you have one left? 
Okay, so my number two is uh, Suitable Flesh. God, I got to watch that. Um, It will be on Shudder next week. Oh, perfect. Uh, But I wanted to watch it before I made my top ten list, so I rented it on Amazon for six bucks. Mm. And I want to support it. It's fine. I'll probably buy the Blu-ray also. Love Heather Graham. Love Barbara Crampton. Yeah. um, It was supposed to be the final film of Stuart Gordon who we lost uh, three years ago now, two years ago now. Um, Stuart Gordon, for anybody who doesn't know, most horror fans do know, directed Reanimator and Beyond, uh, uh, Castle Freak. <laughs> also Underrated did, movie. Also did genre Remake films sex. like, yeah. Also did uh, genre films like Robot Jocks, things like that. Um, he wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know he wrote that. Um, and he did this movie. He did those H.P. Lovecraft adaptations uh, produced by Brian Usna, who's a great, weird director in his own right. He directed Society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and those movies were written by Dennis Paoli. Well, Brian Usna and Dennis Paoli produced and wrote this film as well. And this is a movie that was being developed back in the mid-2000s with Jeffrey Wright as the lead and uh, never took off. They couldn't get it made. And it's based off another H.P. Lovecraft story, um, uh, The Thing on the Doorstep. And uh, Stuart Gordon, of course, passed. So they were looking through their line of directors. And for some reason, as he tells the story, 99th on the list was me, Joe Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joe Lynch directed it. Uh, Joe Lynch is a genre favorite. People love Joe Lynch as a person. Mm-hmm. People like him and Adam Green doing their Yorkie thons and all that stuff and their podcasts. Uh, and he's put out some fun movies like Mayhem and, and Wrong Turn 2 and stuff. So he's an interesting choice for this. And I got to say, the movie completely works. You can tell it's a Stuart Gordon movie. And the best thing is when you watch the credits, it's a lot of people coming back that worked on his films other than those guys. Yeah. Um, of course, Robert Crampton's back. Uh some of the actors that were in his other movies. Are Jeffrey back. Combs wasn't in this at all, right? No. Um, so in f- not this new issue, the issue before the Fangoria, they had a story about this film. And he was talking when he got offered it back in the mid 2000s, he was supposed to be the main character. The gender swapped it for this one starring Heather Graham. Um, but for that one, he was supposed to be the star of it. And he said he just wasn't comfortable doing all the sex scenes. He's like, I don't like shooting sex scenes. Most actors don't (laughs) because it's super fucking awkward. Um, He's like, and there's a lot of sex scenes. And also, like, I'm married. I don't like doing that to my wife, (laughs) which is very respectful Mm because Jeffrey Combs is a real mensch. Um, But, uh, yeah, this movie is about a fuck demon (laughs) that can body swap, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a sleazy as those and and campy as those other Lovecraft adaptations from this team um, back in the eighties and nineties. And it has that eighties kind of feel without like you using a whole bunch Diving of neon lights and, yeah. and like putting like a bunch of stupid eighties songs on there. The like, same skeleton hang up. Yes. <laughs> it's a beastle, <laughs> the beastle skeleton. Um, what movie was that? Candy corn. Candy corn. Candy corn. Yes. <laughs> that beautiful piece of cinema, but it's, uh, um, uh, it's it's fun. It also has like kind of De Palma sleaze factor to it as well. Um, and at first, like once you get in the rhythm and you realize like, oh, they're shooting it like super like camping over the top and the lighting's terrible and it's kind of silly. 
and once you get into a rhythm of being like, oh, all this is intentional, the movie gets super fun. Yeah. Especially by the end. Um, I liked it a lot. Of course, it's my number two. Uh, it will be on Shutter uh, next week. If you yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch out, it. So, um, that's my number two. All right, da, 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 da. my number one. When evil lurks, and the I, I and just to like I'm gonna. Be, A lot of people love this movie. I'm well. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I we talked about it a little bit before we did the the episode, and I agree. Like, the, there is like some like what the fuck in yeah. the second part where it's like why why would you do that? Like you know that's the wrong decision. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. And but uh, <laughs> in all transparency, I really was just like a, a big <laughs> gore whore. I was a big gore whore. And they killed a bunch of kids. You love that. I Dude, they don't do they, it enough they in They kill movies. a bunch of animals also. The one. One dog. Oh, and a but goat. it was after he got revenge. And a goat. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the goat. But that was. But he immediately gets sideswiped with an axe in the face after that. Yes. And then the wife just slowly stabs herself in the face that's with the poster. an poster. That is a fucking nuts scene. Yeah. And I mean, the movie is complete Fulci fodder. Like it's, it's very clear that Fulci films and the Italian genre films were very influential on this movie. Oh, 190, 10%. Yeah. <laughs> That's a number. It is. Um, but um, it was, just, I, I think that might be why I love it so much is because I'm, I love Fulci movies and I forgive them for parts that are just like, nonsensical like like in uh cat in the cat in the brain <laughs> cat in the brain <laughs> we've done that episode before oh good lordy god cat in the brain you can go back and listen to it we did an episode on but it. it was like that weird like orgy part and stuff in that movie it's like whoa there was no reason for this no. that's most yeah. exploitation yeah yeah so um, i thought the first half of the movie was really good but yeah, it's it's the last quarter of the movie, especially that I'm just like, fuck this movie. <laughs> I yeah, I I like it too much to say fuck it. Yeah, like I, I just say, well, like I said, I get, still give it a three out of four stars. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it's my number one of the year. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's your number one year. Yeah, but I again, transparency wise, it's probably just because of how brutal they got in that movie, right? Yeah, because, and I'm not saying killing kids is good. Sure. It's just fun to watch. <laughs> like, I'm really excited for that Gacy movie coming. <laughs> it's going to be awful. But. <laughs> They're going to kill 33 kids. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but I mean, just like, I don't know. I think I, I think people are like always way too afraid to do that. But I think it was well, a taboo. Well, it hits more, I think, because it's a taboo. So it's like the first like. I mean, Jesus. Like, the first kid... Um, well, technically, there's one that dies in the womb. Well, well yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> oh, that's not kid enough for you? Is <laughs> a dead kid enough for you, please? No. <laughs> well, depending on how pregnant she was. <laughs> she was pretty fucking pregnant. 
Not enough. <laughs> uh, the, the scene with the dog just completely dropped my fucking jaw. Yeah, that's pretty great. Because I didn't and you know it's coming. I knew it was coming because they keep filming yeah. the dog. And he, so the the main point of the movie is that possession is spread almost like virally. Yes, and it's really like a cool concept. It is. Um, and I do wish they, they. I mean, they leaned into it enough, but I wish they did a little more to like explain like the factors of what causes that yes but like so the dog sniffs this dude's clothes and this little girl's playing adorable dog by the way super adorable ugly kid <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about it <laughs> but the, it's just like sitting there and listening to the parents argue the little girl's petting her friendly pooch and he looks adorable and all of a sudden he just fucking grabs her by the head and starts smashing her toddler body into like bloody cake batter like it was fucking nuts and you're like I'm so hard right now yeah I was like I am really turned up <laughs> you're like Paige let's go <laughs> hey do you mind uh, putting this blood on you and pretending to be a kid <laughs> She's like, we're done. <laughs> I'm leaving. You're going to a hospital. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> it was that. And then with the, the uh, they call them rottens. Uh-huh. Like when they're like possessed, they call them rottens. And like the mom ends up dying in a really fun way <laughs> her, her new husband just smashes her into oblivion with like a ford f-250 <laughs> and then the mom all fucked up comes back and grabs the other kid and next time you see them she fucking like ripped the kid's spine out and she's like eating out of his head and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, I'll be honest, like this was a gore horror moment for me. I was like, Terrifier could suck it. Like, <laughs> like you're only killing adults, pussies. <laughs> like, this is this thing is like has it out for some fucking kids. <laughs> Because I'll say that I think the kid deaths were the most brutal deaths in the movie. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have kids, maybe not watch that movie. If you have kids, show them. Maybe they'll act right. <laughs> Tell them that you're going to do that to them. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah. So I will say, transparency-wise, I, th- I think it was because of that I loved it so much. Yeah. Because I totally agree. At the end of the movie, it's like, it's like hey... Uh, I'm the guy who tells you what not to do and we all know this because that's the rules and if you you kill him this way it's just going to make things worse don't do that yeah and then he immediately proceeds to do that does it yes (laughs) yeah it's like well okay yeah (laughs) and it's like autistic kid ate grandma (laughs) as they do (laughs) I mean as far as I know about autism that's what happens (laughs) they eat their grandmas so this kid's all gorked out. <laughs> but yeah, when evil lurks. You're number one. My number one. All right. Well, my number one. And uh, like I said, it was just good for me for for major release films, horror films. Um 
Megan, mm-hmm. talk to me. Uh, there's some good bigger films. There are bad ones also, like Last Voyage of Demeter. <laughs> Which is sad. I was kind of excited for that yeah. movie. Yeah, um, me too. But I think the most fun that I had in theaters with a horror movie this year, and maybe just some of the most fun I had this year in a theater, was watching Thanksgiving. And that's why Eli Roth's Thanksgiving is my number one favorite. Um, there, there's nothing that's going to shatter people's brains about the structure. It doesn't change a formula. It is a formula that everybody knows that is tried, true, and tested and failed many times by an infinite number of bad slashers. Including Eli Roth. <laughs> including Thanksgiving. It's more like it's a piece of shit. But... But Eli Roth uses that formula to make a fun, engaging film. And probably one of the best slashers we've had. I really like the crossover that they had the main character from V for Vendetta. (laughs) (laughs) He does look similar. Um, But uh, the best slasher that we've got in the past 10 years. Remember, remember the 24th of November. (laughs) I I think it works better than... The last three Halloween films, the last two Scream films, I think it just does something that works. And also with this being a movie that's a spinoff of another film that's 14 years old, or sorry, 17 years old. 17 years, Grindhouse came out 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does it make you feel? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, they finally made a trailer, or made a feature film out, the fake trailer from that movie. And him and his co-writer, who came up with that idea back when they were 12 years old, <laughs> and they made the fake trailer, just like, oh, that's all it'll ever be. Wait until one of them came up with the actual idea to make a movie out of, and they did. And it works. I mean, it's fun. The kills are super over-the-top and fun. Um, it is uh, uh, well shot. It's engaging. It has... a. Um, the characters aren't super annoying. I mean, there are some that are purposely written annoying. Um, but it, it is like now in my roster of like holiday films I'm going to watch every year. I'm going to watch Thanksgiving. What about Blood Freak? Every November. <laughs> Fucking Blood Freak. <laughs> that movie's great. Fuck you. I like Blood Freak. <laughs> I like Blood Freak. Um, but, you know, Thanksgiving horror movies, it's not a market like Christmas or Halloween horror movies where there's a billion of both of those. Mm-hmm. But Thanksgiving does everything right. Um, yeah, I hear What a Wonderful Knife was actually really fucking bad. I didn't like it. No, I, I was not it. a fan. Um, I thought it was pretty fucking bad. But Thanksgiving is, it's. I think it's getting released on VOD and Blu-ray either this week or next week, so you can watch it. Um, I'll have to wait till Thanksgiving. It's Eli Roth's best movie since... Uh, uh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well no the house house with the clock and swallows is a good movie it is a good movie um uh, and i like green inferno yeah green inferno is um, good and, you and liked uh hostile I, I love hostile one and two i do mm-hmm. uh speaking of fucking fulci fodder <laughs> you're not a can you're not a cabin fever guy though uh when i rewatched it i mean i i like a lot of it I just there's some scenes like the pancake scene. I just <laughs> I'm just like why is this in here? Um, but I think Eli Roth is coming into his own as a filmmaker. I like that he is this kind of voice for horror, 
and does it do a lot of animal activism as well really yeah with some of his uh things and uh you know what i like animals you know what i don't like fucking kids (laughs) (laughs) but yes uh thanksgiving is my favorite that's the most fun i had in the theater um as far especially as far as horror goes um and it was a pleasant surprise and also spoilers ready spoilers three two one the end credit says a misfit song so okay <laughs> it's where it's where eagles dare is the end oh, credit okay. song <laughs> and so it's super awesome because his buddy glenn is like hey don't worry i'll give you one of our songs good man because eli roth is in the movie we're talking about next week <laughs> i'm excited i'm so excited for next week's movie <laughs> but okay what's next then? that's our top five uh, top five once again from the top What's your top five? Five to one. All right. Read down the list. Let me pull up my list here. So, uh, five, VHS 85. Four, Talk to Me. Three, Megan. Two, Brooklyn 4-5. One, When Evil Lurks. And my top five is five, Brooklyn 4-5. Four, Megan. Three, Talk to Me. Two, Suitable Flesh. And number one is Thanksgiving. Uh which topic we want to go to next? Uh, I think or we category, should. Let's right. go ahead and do favorite non horror movie. Okay. We only did one, right? I only did one. I did 10. <laughs> oh, well, oh, we'll go off your 10 then. Uh, what's your one? Oh, I know what your one is. I already know what your one oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Barbie. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. <laughs> it's uh, right as always. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through these as fast as I can. Um, so I haven't seen everything that I want to see. There, there was, of course, at, like every year, December, they start putting a whole bunch of award contenders and they don't all get a wide release in a timely fashion. For people that aren't working in L.A. or New York that work for the press and get to see these right when they come out. Right. Um, so my top 10 list reflects all the movies that I did see and loved. But I haven't seen Poor Things. We're going to see it this weekend. I haven't seen All of Us Strangers. Are you renting it? or No, it Poor Things will be playing here. It's finally going to be playing here. Oh, okay. Um, uh, All of Us Strangers um, and uh, Zone of Interest. Those are the three big ones I really wanted to see and to get a chance to um, because of the release schedule. And I didn't see The Boy and the Heron yet either. Yeah, that one I hear is great. Miyazaki film. But these are my top 10. As of right now, when I put the actual top 10 on Letterboxd after I see these movies, this list could be completely different. Right. Um, and my number 10 to 2 are no particular order. Like 9 is the same as number 4. <laughs> 10 is the same as 2. Like, mm. But my number 1 is my number 1. Um, so number 10, John Wick Chapter 4. I loved it. I thought it was a great wrap-up to that series. Not being a big fan of three, I thought three was fine, but this one was a great, epic, good, bad, and the ugly finale. Yeah, it was of, great. Uh, of uh, the John Wick films. It yeah. was great. <laughs> you haven't seen any of the John Wick movies? No. <laughs> I haven't watched any. Uh, next is uh, Godzilla Minus One. Um, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla Minus One is, I mean, I love that we're in a year whenever we talked about last episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into, but we had a year whenever comic book movies didn't dominate everything. Thank goodness. Um, and other movies control the conversation. And one week, two weeks in November, Godzilla minus one 
and The Boy and the Heron, two Japanese films, were the top grossing <laughs> movies of the box office. Uh, Godzilla Minus One is a great Toho uh, Showa era uh, throwback Godzilla film, fully subtitled, um, about following a kamikaze pilot who clearly didn't do his job like he did. He took the coward's way out um, and uh, he kind of lives with the regret of everything that happened post-World War II since it's set during that um, and just kind of follows people that are broken and lost something during the war and, and the bombings and now there's a big fucking monster running around destroying our cities and kind of how people find support in others because of this mm-hmm. and, and, and also studying things like what culture and what society says that you should be doing because of where you live. Like, oh, you know, this is the honorable thing to do because that's what our culture does. <laughs> you know, are you an actual patriot or not? <laughs> Traditions. It kind of views a relationship with that as well. And uh, I, I like it. And I like that Godzilla is, is scary in this. Um, that when it comes up to fuck things up, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> like we're fucked. <laughs> and I was this constant reminder following this guy as this thing. Like, remember what you did. You let these people die because of your decision mm-hmm. and him not able to outrun his own trauma. Um, Godzilla just leans down. He's like, this is your fault. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. But it's great. Um, uh, uh, bottoms. Great uh, movie. Bottoms, bottoms is great. That's a great <laughs> new uh, uh dark comedy great stuff um it's what i wish book smart would have been back when that movie came out not that book smart's a bad movie just this is better it's about girls in a high school that decide to make a fight club <laughs> um and it's super over the top it's like but i'm a cheerleader or heathers or anything like that where it's like what reality is this movie taking place in <laughs> and it references all those movies and fight club as well and it's really good um guardians of the galaxy 3 is on my list okay. um because for me, that's the last Marvel movie I cared about. That's and the one that uh, Chris Pratt was doing the Italian accent. He was. On, right? He was. Um, but I felt like I should at least mention because this this for me was like the end point of Marvel's universe for MCU, and, and apparently everybody else agrees because yeah. uh, it was the only one that did well out of their their MCU films. Well, it's all just fucking garbage now. It's all the same fucking movie. Sure. Sure. So, but and like, it finally, honestly, I'm surprised people didn't catch on quicker. But um, yeah, Guardians Three was good. Yeah, and I like the animal rights stuff, and mm. I also like that it's completely 100% James Gunn's film still. Yeah, like it feels like it's his movie. It doesn't feel like a committee made it. It's weird. It's violent. He gets away with a shitload, even dropping the first f bomb in a, in a Marvel movie. Language. yeah um so i i uh i liked it quite a bit enough to want to put it on the top 10 and mention it um bo is afraid i still didn't watch it the new ari aster film uh really i thought you didn't like it that much no i loved it yeah no i liked it a lot i i didn't like the middle middle that much um but you know the movie takes a bunch of big swings and a good portion of it hits it is the ultimate anxiety movie. Like if you've ever dealt with anxiety in your life, like I haven't really, but if you dealt with anxiety, especially maybe I shouldn't watch it, <laughs> especially, especially, uh, like family anxiety or like having, I would imagine like a parent 
that uh, you have a strange relationship with that you're never good enough for them or you know, I've never had to deal with that, but I have friends that have um, that they, they don't have a good relationship with their parents and you're they kidding. have anxiety having to be around their parents or whatever. That's wild. It deals with that a lot. <laughs> 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 you know something about that place? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a big three-hour epic, and, it, and it's also like if you like dark humor, the movie's super fucking funny, like intentionally. Um, and I had a—I I think it's just such a weird, interesting film. And it shocks me to this day that Ari Aster has said in an interview when asked after making *Hereditary Midsommar* and then putting out *Bo's Afraid*, he was asked. What the fuck is your relationship with your parents? <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I have a great relationship with my parents. They're like both artists, and we have a great relationship." The, the, no, there's something. There's something there. There's something wrong. <laughs> or you, or you're just great. Did you see that that meme I sent you? Which one about Ari Aster's parents? Uh, yes, but tell the audience. <laughs> yeah, so the, it's it's this guy pretending to be Ari Aster's parents going through his whole filmography, and they end it with uh, there's something straight or something wrong with the Johnsons or whatever, and they're like throwing up. They're like, "What did you do to our son?" He's like, "I thought it was you." <laughs> He's like, "Did we do so? When did you call him?" I just don't blame this on me. <laughs> Also, I could have put Bo is Afraid as a horror movie, but I don't. I consider it something that's yeah adjacent, but not quite. Um, it's definitely its own thing, but it's it's great. Um, the Killer, David Fincher's new movie. Um, I loved it. I love David Fincher. I love this idea of this killer that's super particular about what he does, and you know, in his mind, it's just all monologues, and you hear everything that's going on in his head. That he's so precise about everything, mm-hmm. but he's so fucking bad at his job. <laughs> like you watch it and just like every time he's like putting everything together, he's almost like an unreliable narrator. Something always goes wrong and I love it. It's also um, all the music they use in it other than the Trent Reznor and Agus Ross score. Um, all the music is all Smith songs. He just loves listening to the Smiths all the time. <laughs> so it's all these Smith songs that they got the rights to, Gross. which is pretty funny. Um, but uh, it's David Fincher, and David Fincher's one of the best filmmakers alive. So uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It's also based off a comic of some French comic. Just so letting our audience know, Morrissey is a Nazi. Okay. <laughs> he's a bad person. He's a terrible person. <laughs> um, he's a bad person. Uh, what else I got in here? Um, Oppenheimer and Barbie, I'll talk about them as a piece. Um, they're both not only did they come out and both super successful and people were lumping them together as Barbenheimer. It's not just that they were released close to each other. It's not just, they made a bunch of money and that they're both fantastic films. Um, I mean, Barbie, who knew that we would enjoy that? Like we did. No, I had no idea. Um, it was supposed to be a date night for Paige, and it turned out for a date night for me. <laughs> it's she a, bought me ice cream after, <laughs> which is a great, it's a great feminist film. Um, that also upsets all the right people. Uh, I mean, it's just the funniest fucking thing you've ever and seen. It's a funny movie and it's a sweet movie and it's an emotional film as well. Um, and Oppenheimer is a great, it, probably the first Christopher Nolan film I've cared about since interstellar, maybe inception. <laughs> um, cause I 
was a big Dunkirk guy, and I really, really, really didn't like Tenet. Um, oh, I know you're so excited for Tenet too. I was I was excited for anything. Maybe we were in the pandemic. Yeah, um, true. But um, Oppenheimer is awesome, and it's a three hour epic, um, just like Bo is Afraid, and just like my number one. But uh, both those movies also have similar tissue that they're both about the fragile male ego. <laughs> I don't have a fragile ego. That's what both those movies are about are just fragile male egos and how that leads people to doing stupid shit. Man, people are probably so confused by our podcast about what we are because of the jokes we make. And then we're we're like, this is great. They're like, really? Like, you just talked about autistic kids eating their grandparents. (laughs) It's not a joke, it happened. (laughs) No, it's true. but yeah, no, Barbie, uh, well, Barbie's your number one, so go on and talk about Barbie. Okay, well, number one, the points you made are extremely valid, but it's also fucking hilarious how they did it. Yeah. The fact that Ken goes into the real world after being in Barbie world, which is, you know, run by women, and everything's great, and everyone's having a great time, except the Kins. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, he finds out what patriarchy is and he thinks it's about horses <laughs> and he brings it back. I dude, like number one, Margot Robbie, absolutely beautiful in that movie. Absolutely fucking stunning in that movie. But, but what? Oh, there's a, but Ryan Gosling. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, that's where that joke I know Paige hates it when I say it. Cause I'm like, Ryan Gosling's my favorite part of that movie. She's like, you're missing the point of the movie. I'm like, but he's so funny. He's <laughs> funny. That was great. He was hilarious. They're both amazing. Fucking right? movie. I love Mar- Margot Robbie is one of those actresses and, and creators also because she produced the movie. And, um, that, that I love her just, I, I just love her. <laughs> like, I like, like her as an actress. I like her as a producer. I think she's very intelligent. Um, and also, I love Greta Gerwig. Um, I think oh, she, yeah. I think she's three for three as a director. I love Lady Bird. She's really good at taking, uh, getting shot in the face. Yeah, House, House of the, of the Devil. Devil. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, uh, I love Lady Bird, and I thought that uh, her adaptation of Little Women was great. Um, and this one is also amazing so they weren't little girls anymore yeah they were they little were little, little women <laughs> thank you bob odenkirk <laughs> it's my little women. little women i'm just like odin i'm like odenkirk out loud in the theater when i saw that movie <laughs> um yeah but barbie is great oppenheimer's great and i get why the hype for all of them the only thing that's kind of wearing thin on me right now about barbie is the fans um <laughs> Where they're just like, you got nominated for adapted screenplay, but it's original. It's not original. It's based off a toy. It's 50 years old. And it's about the relationship we have. With that toy. With that product. It's like if we didn't know about that relationship with that product, how do we understand who Barbie and Ken and their relationship is and why that movie works on that? How do we know why Ellen is a funny joke? Like, it's adapted from things that we already know. <laughs> yeah, I am looking very forward to the Nerf movie. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Space Boots, the movie. <laughs> but uh, Barbie. Sock'em Boppers. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They already um, did that. Uh, yeah, a few times. Not uh, good. <laughs> but uh, my number two, this one almost came close to being my number one, um, was uh, The Holdovers. I love the holdovers. Uh, Great film. 
Great film. New movie from Alexander Payne. <laughs> I watched all up, of these, by the way. Reteaming him up with Paul Giamatti. Um, I watched every single one of them. <laughs> I know, buddy. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, excuse me. It just it actually makes it make a great. So if Barbie and Oppenheimer make a great double feature, uh, because the fragile male ego, the holdovers and Godzilla minus one will make a great double feature because they're about people that find each other in a time whenever they have nobody else and they're dealing with their own traumas and their own problems um, and kind of finding that support system in another person. Um, or a giant kaiju. Or, or a giant kaiju that just reminds you that's your fault. <laughs> my, 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 my thought process was, I'm like, I assume this is going to be my neighbor Totoro. And the, the Godzilla is going to be this man's support system. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, no, he's, he's just fucking things up. And they're just trying to figure out how to kill him. Um, but the holdovers is great. It's about, you know... a. a a prep school, like send your kid away to prep school thing that's happening. Christmas vacation. It's said during the seventies. It's with Paul Giamatti, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christmas, yeah, yeah. Christmas vacation is coming. And you know, uh, the people that get held over for either, Hey, your family's not able to take you or like, you know, some other reason why you can't go home. Well, we have to appoint somebody to watch over those kids so they don't get in trouble or die or anything like that. So Paul Giamatti, who's a teacher at the school, gets uh, chosen to do this for different reasons that become clear in the movie. Um, and basically, it's him forming this relationship with one of the kids that are that's there. Not not weird, not a weird sex relationship, but them kind of bonding in a way. And then he fucks um, the kid. Yeah, and he fucks the kid. <laughs> so it's um, solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they, they have uh, how they bond, and also the the lady that's the head of the cafeteria um, there. Uh, she's staying there. Also, of course, the kids have to get fed. Everybody has to get fed there. And her son had just died in Vietnam, and so she's dealing with that. Paul ha ha. <laughs> He's not a literal kid. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> but, uh, and it's just them, you know, forming this bond with each other. And it's very charming. And it's, I, I, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. And it stuck with me. Um, uh, the Holder's great. You can watch on Peacock for free now. Um, but my number one. Da, 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 da. My number one is Martin Scorsese's new film. It's Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah. Mom watched it last night and would not stop talking about how great it was. And it's three hours and 45 and minutes. And how amazing Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. He's great. Robert De Niro's great in it. But Lily Gladstone is where it's at. Um, yeah, that's the other person she kept talking yeah, about. Yeah, Lily Gladstone's too. amazing in it. Um, it's it's I, I read this book right before they announced that Martin Scorsese was directing it. Yeah, I read too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the movie uh the movie is is very true to the book i was excited because the book is amazing um but the movie takes a different angle than the book does the book is more about um the investigation and the forming of the, of the fbi um it's a true story um but the movie takes the angle of making more of a crime film and focusing more on leonardo dicaprio and robert de niro's characters who are of course trying to screw this tribe the osage out of this money they they their tribe found out they were on top of oil and uh become very rich and of course white people being white they do the white start doing machinations of let's kill them off so we can get their money because um 
America doesn't trust Native Americans to be in control of their money. So they have to have a, basically a sponsor. And if something happens to them, the sponsor, who is white, will get <laughs> their money. Um, but it also shows how dumb these criminals are. And it, it's, it's, it's the banality of evil yeah. story. Um, where it's just like, they just talk about doing these things just like, yeah. What, I don't see a problem with it, <laughs> whatever. But it's so horrendous what they're doing to these people, um, and it ranges. They, I love that that they don't glorify them. They're kind of dumb. Um, uh, it's it's just a really great film, and it's a big epic. And I love the ending. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending was a little polarizing to people. But I love how they ended. Um, but uh, it's fantastic. Killers of Flower Moon is my number one. So. All right. Uh, what other favorite horror things you want to talk about? Well, uh, seeing as we're at an hour and 30 now, mm-hmm. I, I think we should go to games. All right. Favorite game? Well, first, the honorable mention okay. was Fears to Fathom, Iron Bark Lookout. If you get a chance, that is... Probably the best Fierce to Fathom game. Oh, yeah. Real yeah. quick. I haven't played any video games in like a year. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I have no opinion on any of these. <laughs> yeah. Really great cult uh, story that takes place in a uh, state park that you are in a fire tower in. Mm-hmm. And the cult is slowly discovering that you are aware that they are there. And now they know where you are. <laughs> so very creepy, very scary game. The other... Um, well, the number one game of horror this year is 100% without a doubt Alan Wake 2. Which we talked about last episode. Yeah. Alan Wake 2 mm-hmm. is a fucking masterpiece. Like Did you Alan, it yet? Huh? Did no, you I'm not it? totally finished. Um, but the thing that's funny is um, that some people don't know, and actually Jordan had to tell me too, was that um, so the developers and stuff and the people who worked on Max Payne also are the people who created Alan Wake and yeah. everything like that. But take two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, they have, uh, references to all of their games that they ever made. Oh, so there's max pain references. There's control references and control. I did play, which is great. Cause it, it actually, leads you into a, a section of the game where it talks about the Alan Wake incident. Okay. Yeah. So now the Federal Bureau of Control is now in on this now that Alan Wake has exited the dark place. Mm-hmm. So it is just, you can uh, go between Alan Wake and Saga, um, who's one of the FBI agents, and uh, her partner Casey, who also is the name of the exact same person that's in Alan Wake's books as the detective. I mean, it is just such an incredible game. Like it looks amazing. The voice acting's fucking impeccable. The cutscenes are in live action mm-hmm. filmed and incredible. Um there's also a uh if you play with Alan Wake long enough, you will see a very long dance number, <laughs> which is great. It's really it really is. And uh some amazing music was done for the game. It's just everything about that game. It, it, it was like they took like an almost perfect game like Alan Wake and somehow made it 
a million times greater. Like it doesn't get boring. It's not slow. It's not like there are some parts in Alan Wake one where you're like, oh God, I got to do this shit again or I got to go here again. But this is just like new thing, new thing, new thing. Like it's just an incredible story. Nice. And I have not played a game that I have been so like, obviously I would say the non-horror game of the year is Baldur's Gate 3 because everyone has to acknowledge the greatness of that game. But for horror, Alan Wake 2, 100% takes the fucking cake. Nice. It is, you need to play Alan Wake 1, Rocky, and you need to play this game immediately. I do. It's so fucking good. You have a PS4, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to just get you Alan Wake. (laughs) And then you You have have a hard disk of it? Hmm? You have a hard disk of it? No, I said I need to get it for you. Oh, well. Like I'll send you a download or something. I was just going to download it off of the market well i can maybe gift it to you okay just so i know it gets done (laughs) but it is fucking fantastic and the new characters they introduced in this game are fucking fantastic and they blend seamlessly with everything and there are so many comebacks and callbacks to like different uh, characters throughout their entire saga of making video games nice yeah it is just like and a lot of the Max Payne stuff, I'm already missing because I have not played those games since they came out. <laughs> like, I played all three of them. I love all three of them. Yeah. So it really is just a fantastic, fantastic game, and I can't talk good enough about it. Yeah. Can't so, speak highly enough. I really can't. I, I'm, eh, I'm just entranced by this game. Yeah. I can't I, play anything else. Every time reviews. I pick up a controller... Yeah. I'm like, nope, we're going to Alan Wake 2. I know that, and uh, Spider-Man 2 have been getting a lot of nominations at like, mm-hmm. the DICE Awards. Yeah. Um, all right, so there you go. Alan Wake 2 is your Number choice. one video game. Mm-hmm. Was there any other ones that you wanted to? Uh, no. All right. Mainly just Iron Bark and that. Okay. Um, did you have any favorite horror TV series? I would have to go with Goosebumps. Really? Just because it's like the only one I watched. No. <laughs> so, well, um, but it was good. It was fun. And Justin Long killed it. Yeah, he, he normally does. He's becoming quite the. Uh, a little scream queen. Yeah, a little scream queen himself. Um, he's the only good thing about fucking. What a wonderful knife. What a wonderful knife. Um, my favorite. So, a lot of great ones came out. I mean, of course, everybody would say Last of Us because um, Last of Us is great. Uh, but my favorite was uh, also, well, it's not fully done, so I can't count it. Um, and it wouldn't be my choice anyways, but Chucky Season 3 was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but only Part 1 of Season 3 came out. Right. Uh, part 2 doesn't come out until this year. I but, really need to catch up on that show. It's so good. Yeah. My number one, though, is uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, I did watch most of that. Yeah, which is the Mike Flanagan. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like anything Mike Flanagan's going to be your number one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> well, no, because Midnight Club wasn't my number one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still never even. I know you that. didn't really care for Midnight Mass. <laughs> oh yeah, I hated that. Yeah, oh, you, you just couldn't stop talking shit about it. Yeah, Midnight like, Mass. Midnight Mass is just crap. <laughs> um. But yeah, Vol the House of Usher is excellent. I love how he adapts 
all these Edgar Allan Poe stories in his own fashion and still has his trademark uh, monologues and human stories and <laughs> drama that comes with all of his other projects. Mm. Um, I, I love the level of violence. Um, I think that there's some scares that actually work very well, some jump scares and things like that. And um, I like how it all wraps up and uh, how everything not only is referenced to different stories by Edgar Allan Poe, but the history of who Edgar Allan Poe is as well and about things that relate to his regular life too. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a Bruce Greenwood, I just never seen him this good. I mean, he's great, but he's awesome in this. Love seeing him. You know, work with Mike Flanagan again. Of course, Gerald's game and yeah. small part in uh, Doctor Sleep. Um, but yeah, I mean, all your regulars are here, um, and I, I just I that was great. I, I loved it. Um, it was definitely binge worthy. It's easy get through. Um, better than Midnight Club, <laughs> <laughs> which is something finished. <laughs> so one day, <laughs> yeah, one day. Me, me and Lauren. Because we were stopped around the same place, um, so we were continuing it on, and I just kept getting bored in the episodes. I don't know, man. Um, oh, that was a speaking of which, that was another story that came out we didn't mention earlier. A new Fear Street movie's coming out. Oh, yeah, that's good for me, bad for you. <laughs> Not bad for me. I you mean, don't like Fear Street? I thought it was fine. I just wasn't crazy about it. No, no, I like the first two parts. I don't like the third part. Oh, no, I agree. Third part sucks. Yeah, yeah. No, first two parts are great. Yeah, the like camp the first one's two the parts. best. Yeah, the third part's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the first Everyone two parts. Everyone putting on those terrible accents. Awful. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Awful. Um, but, you know, I like the first two. But, um, yeah, so that's my favorite show. Do um, you have any favorite horror? Who's your favorite horror apparel company? Because there's a billion of them now. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go. I went with Cavity Colors last year, but I'm going to go with Paul Bearer Press this yeah, year. Yeah, why not? Um, I'm going to go Cavity Colors again this year, but I'm going to give it to Fright Rags. They upped their game this year. Yeah, that other year was fucking dreadful. Yeah. It was bad. <clears throat> they uh, last couple of years were, but last year it felt like they... They felt like the Fright Rags I used to know. And now Fright Rags has a tier system that... That, that you cannot send me a link to. <laughs> you can sign up for it on your own, I guess. But um, well, That takes away the point of it, doesn't I, it? I guess so. I don't know how it works. I don't know if they just see that, oh, you made a purchase and he sent you links. I don't know. <laughs> I, no, that's not how that would work. Yeah, it would have no to be me signing up through a direct link. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Fright Rags, is, they're, they're doing their thing and uh, their collections are back to having cool designs and stuff and they're putting out other things as well like, you know, other memorabilia lunch boxes and figures and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and doing good amount of sales and this new tier system I think is a game changer um, especially for the horror apparel market because I don't think any other independent no. company is really doing that. No. Um but yeah, Paul Bear Press is a great choice. And if uh, you're addicted to t-shirts like Rocky and me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Paul Bear Press is a good choice. And I mean, I love that you just have so, so many obscure exploitation yeah. movies. Yeah, uh, for sure. Not enough have anthropophagus stuff. No. <laughs> no. Can you ever have enough anthropophagus? Anthropophagus? <laughs> no. <laughs> stuff, merch. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I, I I'm going to choose cavity colors though. I think their their designs are still 
Yeah, so consistent. their maniac run was pretty great. And I love, I love the little. I got one. their long sleeve at the maniac. Yeah, run. Mm-hmm. nice. I, I like their long sleeves a lot. They're comfortable, also. So are their sweatpants. Yeah. Um, but I, I also love, you know, how everybody does their own little like, oh, fart rags. We're going to give you a sticker and a little trivia card and like a, a warhead. Um, with your with your package, I like cavity colors gives you the bookmark still, but I mm-hmm. like the little card where it's like, hey, here's who packaged your your um your order mm-hmm. and it's like the person's name and their favorite horror movie and their favorite candy i, I think that's cute i like that well depending on the horror movie i might spit on the card and send it back <laughs> <laughs> be like you have fucking terrible taste like, <laughs> no no dead children <laughs> <laughs> zero dead kids i'm out <laughs> um are there any other categories i think that's it yeah, I mean, uh, I've read enough book books as far as like novels. I've read enough novels to be like, oh, I could recommend this one. Um, and there's some books I'm still catching up on. I did just recently get the Stuart Gordon memoir. That, yeah. Uh, this is a memoir he wrote before he died. Uh, but I haven't started reading it yet. Um, I did finish a, a horror novel this year that was pr- really good. What's that? Uh, um, uh, tell me I'm worthless. Okay, you're worthless. Thanks. <laughs> no, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's almost like, I don't know why I think of it, but when they describe the house in the book and everything like that, I'm like, that's the house from, uh, uh, fucking what's the name of that? Like original Bend West emo band, American football. Mm-hmm. Like when he describes the house, I'm like, that's the American football house. <laughs> like, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> it's the Midwest emo of horror novels. I, um, but it's good. It's kind of like a weird, like, self realization slash haunting slash is it a haunting kind of right. thing. Okay. I think I, 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 re, I went back and reread, or not reread, went back and visited books that came out before but nothing new like i finally went and read clown in a cornfield because everybody talks about clown in a cornfield and the third one's about to come out and people talk about how much they like the second one i like the first one i read the first one but i really enjoyed it Um, i haven't even heard of it no they're making a movie of it finally but um, maybe i'll see if i can grab some yeah i mean it's 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 pretty violent um but it's also aimed at maybe like a more of a it feels like it's aimed more at a younger audience, maybe like a late teens, but it's still a pretty like violent book and stuff. But it's a fun little throwback to Scream. Okay. Um, slashes that ilk. Um, it also has like a bit of a political message and stuff. Um, I haven't read the second one, but critics I like really enjoyed that also. They're just fun. Um, okay. And the third one's about to come out. So Clown in the Cornfield. I mean, mainly most of my reading this year has been. And then Junji also, Ito stuff. But. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But he doesn't put a, he didn't put anything new this no, year. No, no. Um, and also uh, catching up on uh, going back and reading books from uh, Grady Hendrix as well. Um, so Final Girl Support Group, um, mm. things like that. My best uh, friend's exorcism is that the same person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. And um, Lauren is currently reading. The Southern Gentleman's Guide to Vampire Hunting. Hmm. 
Um, I think it's called. She says it's fine. But I like Grady Hendrix. Uh, I like him a lot. And he puts up books quite frequently. And he also doesn't only do novels. He also does like um, like uh, uh, books about... He did one that's all about like trade paperback horror novels that came out like during the 70s. And then boom. And like all the covers and shit. And he also did a movie book. Um, they actually showed on Joe Bob. Joe Bob had a copy of him was talking about called... Uh, believe uh this that break bricks i believe um but it's all about uh martial arts films oh that's <laughs> so cool about, like shaw brothers and all kinds of kung fu films um hold on let me look up the title um but revisiting those books so great hendrix and has been another person i've been trying to catch up on his bibliography but as far as new books that came out this past year not to not I I did so tell me I'm worthless did and then there was another one I read that's like about a, a demon possessing a woman I can't remember yeah, what these it's, fists break bricks yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it's called but it was the the whole book I it was it, it, you know you could get through it in like three hours it's like a hundred pages or oh, something. okay it's just like a novella yeah mm-hmm. and the whole book I was sitting there I'm like. No, I think you were a bitch before you were possessed. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you're just not a great person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, cool. I guess that is our best of 2023. A lot of recommendations for people to catch up on. It's a little longer than our previous episodes lately, but... We had a lot to go over, though. Yeah, we did. Um, And also, uh, you can check check me out on Letterboxd if you want a final top 10 films, but I may, you know, my top 10 non horror movies, I may just make a top 20 list and put the horror movies in like it. in there also. That's fair. Um, as well. I need to get on that. Yeah. A letterbox is great. Um, if you're a movie fan, um, it's man, I would be like have. the most hated account, yeah, but you can follow me at a gold boy. Derivative. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, I think it's the same as my Instagram handles, Rudoy on there. Um, but give me a follow on there. And uh, if you'd like to see my final top 10 list of 2023, once I see <laughs> everything I need to see. Um, but next week, we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. Death Rider in the house. Of- Wait, did you have a video game you want to talk about or anything? I already did that. Okay, just you want to talk about Ellen Wake too? Yeah, that's okay, it. I don't know if you had like I also no, no, played no, no. this. Um, Mina, oh, we got a guest. We got dogs as guests. <laughs> it's like out the door. Oh, we got dog guests. Hi. He has socks of you, Mina. What horror movie did you like? Not that she just wants to get pets. The Howling. <laughs> I like the Howling. That's her favorite. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Come on, Mina. Guest star Mina and Paige. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week we'll talk about then Death Right in the House of Vampires. Um, the second Danzig feature. One we've been waiting oh, for for years now. We've been talking about this movie since we started this podcast. And boy, oh boy. The time has finally come. Yes. And uh, that'll be the last episode we ever do. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Horror is done now. <laughs> done. Horror was a genre until this movie came out. And it was so good. It killed the whole you genre. You can't do any better. Um, 
But yeah. he, uh, my what would be fucking hilarious to me is if we watched it, we're like, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most insane. That would be a real bummer. <laughs> like if I, we both were like, I don't hate it. I highly doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> me too. I think we'll enjoy it for all the wrong reasons. So. Well, there are parts people laughed at that I wouldn't laugh yeah. at. Well, he said that about Veronica. Oh, I thought he said that. No. <laughs> um, he said about Veronica. But uh, this one just had bad reviews. All the reviews were like, it's slightly better than Veronica. It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll be the next episode. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you have some favorite stuff in 2023, then reach out to us on the Instagram or on our email. So bladed apples podcast at gmail.com or bladed apples or sorry, blade apples pod at gmail.com or blade apples podcast on Instagram. Um, choose a message. Tell us what some of your favorite horror movies were of the year. You never do. Or if there's a <laughs> film you'd like us to talk about um, or check out that we haven't seen this year. Um, we'd love a recommendation. We broke the 700 mark. Yeah. Hey, 700 club. 700 club that's it um but uh yeah we want to hear what what you guys like so reach out um and touch me yeah thanks to stefan mize for doing our art he's an awesome guy follow him on instagram at stefan mize or a crawling panther tattoo um and of course thanks to blaze for being a great co-host and doing all the tech stuff that i'm too dumb to figure out thank you <laughs> anything else Happy New Year, fuckers. <laughs> remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Toodaloo. Bye.